heard first take. I mean, it's just pathetic, but it's predictable. We've heard your take. You have to take care of the people and the athletes. Consider them more important than the money. Now it's time for Jason's Take, exclusively on the First Take Your Take podcast. It's First Take Your Take on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and Series XM Channel 80, also simulcast on ESPN News. I'm Jonathan Hood. We're presented by Progressive Insurance and all of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Let me give you some headlines for today. UConn, which last month officially left the American Athletic Conference, announced today that it will be suspending its football program for the 2020 season because of the coronavirus pandemic. UConn went 2-10 in its final season in the AAC. The Memphis Grizzlies, having already lost their first three games inside the NBA's bubble at the Walt Disney World Resort, were dealt a significant blow when Jaron Jackson, their promising young forward, was ruled out for the remainder of the season with a meniscus tear in his left knee. Finally, the Angels uh, manager Joe Madden does not expect Shoatani to uh, pitch again this season, but he does consider Otani's latest setback to be an indication that he can continue uh, as a two-way player, maybe at another time, but he's going to be exclusively an offensive player, not a pitcher for the 2020 season. Those are our headlines right here on ESPN Radio and also on ESPN News. Glad to have you in today. So as someone that is a Gen Xer, I never knew that you could say no. As someone that grew up in watching sports and playing sports, Sports is about team, it's about unity and trying to win the next game and learning about people in the locker room. And I find it interesting, not just today, but uh, over the last few weeks, we've been seeing stories like this one written by Mark Schleybaugh from ESPN.com. The piece is entitled, Big Ten Football Players Follow Pac-12 Form Unity Group to Address Concerns. So the the big part of this column written by Schleybaugh is that football players from the Big Ten today joined Pac-12 players in publishing a list of demands related to their safety uh, during the coronavirus pandemic, along with what they called other platforms for change. So you scroll down the column, and the Big Ten's player demands are the following. Third party uh, approved by players to administer COVID testing and to enforce all COVID-19 health and safety standards, sufficient penalties for non-compliance, ban the use of COVID-19 liability waivers, and other things that on here, including mandate for athletics uh, personnel to report suspected violations. And so it's very clear that if you are a college football player, just a college uh, athlete in general, you are concerned about COVID-19. This is not about uh, what side of the aisle you're on and whether or not you believe in COVID-19 or not. This is not what this is about. It's about how athletes are empowered to say, this is the line in the sand that I'm willing to draw. And I'm telling you right now, in 2020, and for someone that grew up watching college sports, this is really eye-popping to me. Because from coaches that you've seen or coaches that have um, really been part of your life, if you play college athletics, you know what it's about. Normally, it is about the relationship between the coach and the players, the coach and the parents of those players. And when you get on the playing surface, it's about the coach and that player. And, and that coach is trying to get the, the most out of you. There's usually not another side. 
it's not a chit chat. It's more of a chit when it comes to uh, the coach and what a coach wants versus what a player wants. And so when I'm reading the Players Tribune the last couple of days from the Pac-12 and seeing what is going on as far as what the the Big Ten is doing now, this is uh, this is something. It, it is really interesting. But here's the thing. If the players don't say something, especially college football players, say something about, hey, you know, here is COVID-19 right around the corner. What's the protocols? What's the system? You know, you have uh, schools out there that don't want players to talk about COVID-19, that, that you don't say, hey, whether or not you have a positive test or negative test. Here's what's important. Every day in the news, even if you try to turn a blind eye to it, you're going through your Instagram, you're going through your TikTok, you're trying to go through all your social media, you turn on a television, there is conversation about the COVID-19. You can't avoid it. You can't turn a blind eye to it. And what you're seeing is the the constant number of people that have passed away. I lost a cousin from COVID-19. I know the pain that comes from that because you believe, okay, when you first heard about this early in the year, you didn't know how strong the enormity of it. And then you're able to see what is happening now across this country around the world where there are loved ones that are... Um, that are dying because of COVID-19. So if you're one of these players that's part of the college athlete unity, the CAU going on record to express your concern about not just big 10 players, but players across this landscape that feel like they need to be able to empower collegiate athletes to use their platforms for change. You can completely understand that because you, it's one thing to play for a team. It's one thing to play for a a coach, but you still have to be concerned about your health and how you feel, uh, and, and make sure that it's safe. I don't see any protocols in place across the board in college football or the NFL that says, you know what, this is as safe as the NBA, the NHL plans. As you're listening to First Take, your take with Jonathan Hood on ESPN Radio and the ESPN News, Straight Talk Wireless has the full court cell phone coverage you need, just 45 bucks a month, uh, gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G for up to 50% less than the big carriers. Only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Mark Slaybaugh covers college football like a blanket for ESPN.com. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on First Take, Your Take, here on ESPN Radio and uh, the uh, ESPN News Mark, as a Gen Xer, I didn't know that you could say no in college athletics, but I, I like the idea that players are empowered to have a protocol for them in place during this COVID-19. When you first heard about Pac-12 and Big 12 players doing this, what was your initial reaction? Um, surprised. Uh, I think the big surprise, Jonathan, was how organized it was. Um, I agree with you, 10, 20, 30 years ago, Um you know, I, I don't think players would have ever done this. I think players showed up, went to class, went to practice, did what they were told, and, you know, stepping out of the line and, and raising concerns and opinions, I think was, you know, you, you would probably be deemed a troublemaker. But I think these players are empowered uh, because of, of the pandemic and, and racial injustice and other things. And I think social media has given them the platform to, to make those arguments. I'm wondering uh, what is the plan for college football? I think if there's a college football plan in place for COVID-19, does this happen? Do the players unify? I, you know, 
I think the big argument we saw it in the Pac-12 demands and in the Big Ten demands today, um, you know, is that there's no national protocol. There's no national plan and procedure. Uh, the NCAA is leaving it up to each of the individual conferences to come up with their own protocols. Uh, you know, the medical people at the NCAA have issued some recommendations and, and guidelines, but, you know, for the most part, the conferences are the ones doing the testing. And I think that's why you've seen the Big Ten and the SEC and uh, some other leagues, Pac-12, go conference only. You know, they want to control the testing and, and know how often kids are being tested and, you know, what the quarantine measures are and everything else. So, um, you know, the NCAA doesn't really have much control when it comes to FBS football. They're in charge of men's basketball and FCS football in the lower divisions, but the Power Five and Group of Five run the FBS, and that's the way they want it. Mark's column is entitled, Big Ten Football Players Follow Pac-12 Form Unity Group to Address Concerns. You can find it on ESPN.com. Mark Slaybaugh joins me. Jonathan Hood on First Take, your take on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Mark, out of all of the Big Ten demands that we see here, as far as COVID-19 liability waivers, as well as um, the whistleblower protections for athletes, uh, athletics personnel and college athletes reporting uh, suspected violation, what seems to be maybe a, uh, a real issue for the Big Ten, something that they say, well, I don't know if we could do this? Yeah, it, it, it was different from the Pac-12 in that the Big Ten letter focused solely on coronavirus and testing and social distancing and, um, you know, the other measures. The Pac-12 was more expansive in including racial injustice and revenue sharing, the 50-50 revenue sharing, which is never going to happen. Um, you know, the Big Ten letter, um, testing twice per week with an FDA-approved test with less than 1% false negatives, I mean, that's a pretty lofty goal. Is it unreasonable? No. I mean, you're talking about 18- to 22-year-old kids who want to protect their health, but given the state of testing in the United States of America, I don't know that that's possible. Um, the one thing that, you know, the whistleblower I get, automatic medical red shirt, you know, not losing a year of eligibility um, if they, you know, unable to play more than 40% of the season because of, of COVID, you know, I think all that's doable. I kind of giggle when I see complimentary access to the Big Ten Network for athletes. <laughs> that, one, that one that kind of just threw in there. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever works there. They're just trying to roll the dice yeah. and see what what's going to stick against the wall, right? Yeah. Uh, ask for everything you can at this point. What, uh, I mean, they're what... not unreasonable. I have to say Heather Dennis, one of our colleagues at ESPN, spoke to Kevin Warren, the new Big Ten commissioner, just a little while ago for what was a previously scheduled interview. And he said he's read the letter and, and he, you know, thinks that there are reasonable requests and that they're doing a lot of them and they're hoping to do even more and that he's willing to come to the table and talk to these players. The one thing I haven't figured out yet is college athlete unity. Um, what's the name of it? Uh, yeah, college athlete unity group mm -hmm. is kind of the one that, has kind of organized this. I don't know how organized this Big Ten group is compared to the Pac-12 group. The Pac-12 group, the organizers were telling us there were three or 400 members. I don't know how extensive this Big Ten group is. It was started by a couple of Big Ten players this summer, um, a defensive back at 
at Michigan and another defensive back at Minnesota who transferred there from Michigan. Um, they started this. They say they're going on record to express the concerns of over a thousand Big Ten football players. I just don't know how many of those thousand Big Ten football players actually know they're speaking for them at this point. Well, how confident are you that the NCAA can safely have fall sports? Um, not overly optimistic. I feel like Craig Kimball's warming up in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. uh, you, you know where I'm going with that. Oh boy. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, it, what concerns me is just, it just seems like the news gets worse and worse each day. Uh, I certainly hope we can have a safe, some sort of semblance of a season as long as the kids are safe and we can keep coaches and other personnel safe. Um, but, you know, just in the last few days, I spoke to the mother of an Indiana player, incoming freshman offensive lineman, who got COVID and battled it for a month, and now they're worried he has a heart condition. Um, I've seen tweets from players at LSU and Arizona and a couple other schools just in the last 48 to 72 hours where those players said they had it, had to fight it like hell, and ended up losing 20 or 30 pounds. So, I mean, it's it, it's real. It's a real concern for these kids, and we don't know the long-term health effects. And, you know, I think the commissioners and coaches and athletics directors and, and everybody else really wants to have a season and from a financial standpoint need to have a season. Um, but I just don't know that, that they're going to be able to pull it off ethically and, and morally. Mark, I'm glad you spent some time with me. I just want to get your thoughts after reading your column on ESPN.com. Thanks for coming on as always. Jonathan, anytime. Thank Mark, you. Mark Slayball with us from ESPN.com is column talking about the demands from some of the Big Ten players with us on First Take Your Take on ESPN Radio and the uh, ESPN app. And he was presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests are on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And our show, as I mentioned, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on the average. Glad that you're with me here on First Take Your Take, Jonathan Hood on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. You know, Chris Spatola, a former Duke assistant, he's a talk show now, talk show host now on Sirius XM. He gave his mellow power rankings. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, he believes that Syracuse mellow, like Cuse mellow, Olympic mellow, skinny mellow, and hoodie mellow. That's how he ranks them one through four. And I can't disagree with that. I enjoyed watching Carmel Anthony at Syracuse. Olympic Mello was so free and easy. He was one of the best players that I've seen play uh, Olympic basketball. Skinny Mello is who we're seeing right now uh, with the Portland Trailblazers. That guy's a Hall of Famer, Olympic gold medalist. He hit big shots. He was in the league. He was out of the league and now back into the association. And a lack of championship does not define Carmel Anthony because he's a great player. Mello more than likely will be along the pantheon of great players that fell short of winning a championship. The Barclays, the Stocktons, the Malones, the usual suspects, right? Uh, Elgin Baylor, Allen Iverson, Patrick Ewing. The list is endless of great players that haven't been able to raise a trophy. But they're still great. They're still more than likely basketball Hall of Famers. And watching Carmelo in Denver, in my book, he's one of the best three nuggets of all time. You think about Dan Issel, the horse. You think about Alex English. He's ahead, mellow of Fat Lever and Jokic and David Thompson, I believe. When he was done with the Knicks, he was 32. He was a lone superstar, bereft of talent around him. 
He get, looked lost in Oklahoma City and Houston. Then he found new life in Portland. And so now you see him hit a big shot like he did yesterday. He said, man, maybe there is life for now skinny mellow. Max Kellerman uh, was on first take this morning. And the topic was, does Max uh, owe Carmelo Anthony an apology after last night? Max Kellerman and Richard Jefferson got into it on first take earlier today. Absolutely not. I do not owe Carmelo Anthony an apology. And people need to stop with this foolishness. I tell the truth as I see it. Carmelo Anthony thought he was still a, still a superstar when he was no longer. He, he, his ego took hits. And by the way, every step of the way I mentioned, even in, in the clip that Kendrick Perkins retweeted yesterday when he said, I owed him an apology, Kellerman owes him an apology. I always said, I always thought of Carmelo as a clutch player. I know he's a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the great scorers of all time, right? I, I get that. But he was no longer a superstar. And then when his egos took, took that hit, I also gave him credit for trying to fit in, trying to do the right thing. In Houston, in Oklahoma City, it's not that the will wasn't there and his heart wasn't in the right place. It's that he wasn't that good anymore. And that not as good as he used to be. And, it, and that was coupled with the fact that the league was changing from right under his feet. Right? So did he? his overall offensive game was always devastating but when that talent isn't pitched as high because of father time anymore what specific skill do you do to help a team right is he an amazing catch and shoot three-point shooter no not amazing he can do it but he's not like oh my god Carmelo Anthony is 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 amazing at that was he a defender could he was he a a, a versatile defender even a defender at all no not as much if you needed a bucket and ISO could he get you a bucket yes he could and so I mentioned he's like a 15-minute player off someone's bench now those who were arguing that he's, he was still better than that, he is proving them right and me wrong. So that is true. He's proving my, what, I, what I said about him based on what I saw wrong. And now that he's giving new evidence, I will adjust my opinion. Carmelo Anthony is still a valuable contributor to a good NBA team. He is not just a guy who could be in a rotation. He can start, maybe even on a championship team. Not a great start. He's not a star anymore. But the fact that at his age, he could still be a starter on a contending team says a lot about his greatness. And so what I will say is Carmelo proved my prediction about him wrong. I certainly don't owe him an apology because when he was playing at one level, I said it and that was the truth. And now he's playing at a different level. I'll say that again. And that's the truth. Max, Max, what are you talking about? Everyone owes him an apology. The entire NBA owes him an apology. Let me say this. He would not be in Portland right now if they weren't decimated by injuries early on. So Portland got a gift because they took a risk and they believed the individual when he said that, hey, look, I'm, I'm, I'm at a point now where I understand changing my game. I understand that. But what you're doing right now is the same thing that got Carmelo in trouble. You're allowing your ego to dictate everything. Hmm. Don't let your ego just say, you know what? I'll allow for not an apology. Just say something. Say you don't have to say, I'm sorry, Carmelo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 
But what you do need to say is, look, Carmelo continued to evolve. No different than the NBA evolved. He continued to evolve. And every portion of evolution isn't always smooth. Transitioning from a starter and a superstar into a role player can be difficult. But if you give somebody an opportunity and they tell you that they're willing to do it, you have to believe them. And because the Portland Trailblazers believed them, mainly because they needed to believe him, it put them in a position to make the postseason. They would not be in the postseason right now if they did not sign Carmelo and for that reason everyone owes him an apology do you know how many teams right now the Lakers included would love for that type of production to be on their team if the Lakers would have signed him no disrespect to Dion Waiters or my brother J.R. Smith they would be in a much better position to go and win a championship against the against the Clippers or the Milwaukee Bucks so a lot of teams missed out on Carmelo because they were being stubborn and they didn't want to take him on his word now look but I disagree with that. Like, I agree with the fact that he evolved and Carmelo Anthony deserves enormous credit. And he has proved the doubters, and I was certainly one of them. It's not just that I doubted. I was pretty certain he was washed. Wrong. He proved me wrong. But an apology the, is something else. There's the That's apology. if we were seeing one thing and saying another about him. Richard, the, you're saying the adjustment period isn't always smooth. I agree with that. This happens in every sport. When a star has to adjust... To, to being a different kind of player, a pitcher in baseball, loses his fastball, he has to become a finesse pitcher. There's usually a little dip before he gets to kind of like a second prime or, a, or a, the next level of his career, right? So I get that, but there was a dip. Like, we saw him not be effective anymore to the point that two different contending Western Conference teams both said, and they said the same thing. Look, his intentions are good. He's working hard. He's trying to fit in. There's just no room for him here, right? Because he wasn't good enough. Now he's adjusted his game and given the right situation, he showed, no, no, in fact, he is good enough. But this is new now. He wasn't good enough, and now he is. So he has made the adjustments, and he's proven no. the doubters like me wrong. That's different than saying we owe him an apology. No, no. Like we were going off of something we didn't really see. Great conversation there with Richard Jefferson and Max Kellerman as they go back and forth um, regarding Carmel. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo is a Hall of Famer. There's nothing else to argue about that, but now there's a renaissance with him in Portland. All right, coming up, we're going to talk to one of our NFL insiders about what the intersection of the NFL and COVID-19 will look like coming up this fall. But first, let me tell you about DraftKings. Boy, it was thrilling as an NBA fan to be able to see the guys back on the court over the weekend and watching it this week. There's more games taking place today. Well, if that's not enough excitement for you, DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is offering you a shot at a share of millions of dollars every day this week. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball is easy to play. You just pick eight players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a share of millions of dollars. But... If basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's major. Get in all the action before the golfers tee off on Thursday for a shot at a $1 million top prize. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code FITZ, F-I-T-Z, to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes every day this week. That's promo code FITZ. To get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes every day this week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
First take, your take on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sam, what's up to you on Series 6 AM Channel Lady and also simulcast on ESPN News. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget to listen to ESPN Audio at Home via your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at Home brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Uh, drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz vans are ready for anything. John the Hood with you. You can follow me on Twitter at TweetJHood at ESPN Radio here on First Take, Your Take. I can't wait for the NFL to start, but the question is, just kind of like college football, the same question, what does that look like? What does that look like when the NFL does start? Does that mean that I could be able to go to stadiums across the country if I want to and sit as a fan and wear a mask? Will we be, will we be allowed to be able to go to these games? That's another big question. The other thing is, is what about the safety of the players? Something that's always forgotten about is it's one thing to figure out who's going to help you win your fantasy team and whether or not your team is going to be thumbs up or thumbs down on Sunday, whether they're going to win or not. But, you know, the safety of the players is the number one thing that we should be concerned with because without players, we're not having games to watch. And through this pandemic of COVID-19 and when we're trying to have safety protocols, you're trying to find out whether or not the players will be safe or not. Now, one of the big stories that I saw when I got up this morning was seeing Von Miller uh, from the Denver Broncos. Uh, Don, you know, We saw Von Miller, an eight-time Pro Bowl selection, all-decade selection for the 2010s, said he's opting out for the season. There's been other players that said that they're going to opt out for the season as well. This is a big storyline across sports, but also uh, in the NFL. Again, it's about the players first. It's about safety, but about the players as well. They have a right to opt out if they care to. Let's go to that Shell Pennzoil performance line and talk to Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL insider. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on First Take, Your Take, right here on ESPN Radio. Jeff, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. I was just talking about what does it look like? In your in your gut, what will it look like, the NFL season, in the face of COVID-19? Man, you know what? I, like, I go back and forth on this. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times every day um, I get asked, no matter who I run into, um, you know, will there be football this year? And, like, I, I think there will be football. And I think that the NFL will try, seems very um, – very strongly about trying to charge forward and make this thing work. I'm just really like curious what happens when the inevitability of what happened in baseball after the second week with the Marlins, when that happens in, in football, what does that look like? Because to me, I think it's going to, it's just a lot different of a sport for as ugly as it seemed with baseball. I think it's going to be way worse if and when that happens with football and it's how they manage it. Um, because I mean, it's a full contact thing, right? Like in baseball, at least you got to worry about the opposing team's uh, locker room and clean that up. But in football, like you got to expect that coming out, of, coming out of a, a game, if anybody were to test positive, that both teams are now in jeopardy of a full blown outbreak. So it's, it's not, it's just to me, it's just a matter of how the NFL handles the inevitability of an outbreak because it just feels like it's going to happen at some point. 
Jeff, for media types like you and I and just fans in general, the number one thing is about transparency. This is the criticism of Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball. Just tell everybody and tell the truth of exactly what's going on and what the plan mm-hmm. is. And I, so I'll ask you the same thing from those that you've talked mm-hmm. to. Uh, what are the plans internally? Because we have not heard from Roger Goodell since he was right. w- working out at the draft, you know, with the with the with the T-shirt on in his basement. Right, and I, I think that that's that's to your point. Part of the issue is that. It feels like the NFL did do a good job of putting out for like protocols in advance of kind of each step, whether it was, hey, we're going to let 75 people into the facility for the first time. That was like the first protocol. And then the second protocol was you have to have this infectious disease plan. That has to be approved. And, and they kind of like have been going down the line of that these are the protocols. And they do have protocols in place, for instance, a plan in place for if a person tests positive that they can't, and if they're, if they're asymptomatic and they test negative, they can return within, I think, five days. If they show symptoms, it's 10 days. Um, so they have plans for those types of situations. I don't know if we're expecting too much for them to give us a plan of, say, like what happens if 10 players test positive? And I, I think that that's I, – I don't envy any of the decision makers in this. I think it's really hard um, – but it does definitely feel like every question, every answer to one question leads to like 20 other questions. And I just don't know if we'll get the answers to those until they happen. And that's a that's a pretty scary proposition. It's funny how football and society intersect, right? It's the same, it's the same yeah. thing. You ask one question, there's no, there's 20 more of what ifs, right? right? <laughs> totally. It's, I mean, it's, it's totally a societal thing. And that's, I think that's what's so interesting about it is that, like, especially from the standpoint, I can't tell you how many times when they were going through negotiations, people would, would hit me up on social media and be like, tell these players to stop, you know, stop being babies. Like, we all got to work. They got to go back to work, too. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that they can't ask questions and, and express the same concerns that, that people probably had when they were going back to their jobs. So there is totally a parallel with the rest of society, probably more so than ever before. First take, your take with Jonathan Hood as we talk to Jeff Darlington, NFL insider for ESPN, right here on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Um, A couple of on-the-field issues with Antonio Brown. Uh, What have you heard Mm -hmm. about the interest in Antonio Brown? Is the the juice worth the squeeze with Brown? (laughs) The ultimate question that every team has to ask. I mean, he's. I was talking to a head coach uh, this morning about it, and we were just kind of, spitballing i wish i could tell you who that was but i, I can't at this mm. point but like uh and that was exactly the question like is is he worth it like is it worth it and and i think that that's a question that that all organizations have to ask themselves um do you trust the situation and you know when you have the ravens and lamar jackson and his cousin marquise brown advocating for him saying yes he's worth it we've got this uh, i think that that's going to go a lot further than a team that might not know him well enough and just says, man, I don't know if we want to disrupt the locker room. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, I can't remember ever, you know, we've always had these risk reward situations. Um, so many of them so often when it comes to a guy being available, is he worth it? Is the potential distraction worth it? I can never remember one that is, feels like more of a risk and more of a reward because he is that talented. And I think it's a question that every team across the NFL, uh, you know, I guess aside from the Steelers, Patriots, and Raiders are probably asking themselves. 
Jeff, here's a question that you don't really answer or be really asked very often in interviews I see. Let me ask you about Derek Carr of the Raiders. He says he feels like he's been disrespected. We talk uh, glowingly about Patrick Mahomes, rightfully so. We talk about (laughs) what Sam Darnold and what other young quarterbacks could bring, like Kyle Murray, uh, Kyler Murray, but we don't talk about Derek Carr. Is his his disrespect warranted? Uh, I guess it depends. I mean, I think we're kind of all on the same page with Derek Carr. Like, if it's disrespect, (laughs) fine. But aren't we all sort of like, all right, you know, like you seem like a pretty good quarterback, but, you know, like what do you got? Like, let's see it. And if that's disrespect, then go prove otherwise, I guess. And I think that, uh, you know, he, he did have a good year, but he's had some down years too. He is really talented. But I would also say that, like, internally, the conversations I have with people in the Raiders organization, they kind of feel the same way. It's like, all right, show us what you got, bud. Like, let's do this. So if that's disrespect, so be it. But I think that we're all – I. I I feel like there's a pretty wide-ranging consensus on Derek Carr, and it is, yeah, he seems pretty talented. Uh, let's just go ahead and see what else he's got. Jeff, I'm glad you spent some time with us on First Take Your Take. Just want to get your thoughts on some of these big-picture storylines, especially with COVID-19 in the NFL. Yeah. We'll see what happens, right? Yeah, man, totally. Can't, can't wait, and I just hope we get some football, man. Jeff, Safe thank you so fun. much. Thanks. Jeff Darlington covers the NFL for ESPN and ESPN.com. He joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. First take your take is brought to you by LinkedIn jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. All right. Still ahead. Big 10 players are demanding safety standards for this season. Will it make a difference? You know, um, Shannon, let's open the phone lines, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 is our phone number. Let's talk a little bit about what the Big Ten players had to say uh, in the face of COVID-19. They are empowered. Good thing, bad thing. We will address it next right here with Jonathan Hood. First take your take on ESPN Radio. Jonathan Hood with you on First Take, your take on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and also on ESPN News. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. So you know what's happening here. It is August 5th as you and I have this conversation about sports. It's great to have live sports back, right? Whether it's from the UFC, whether it's the uh, whether it's basketball, hockey in the bubble, baseball is back. But again, you know what baseball and Rob Manfred, who knows? But you know, the thing that is the king of sports in this country is the NFL. I'm a huge college football fan. I'd love to see college football. I saw the Big Ten schedule come out. I'm excited about what it could be, and they've got a lot of spaces out there uh, just in case with the schedule and because of COVID-19. But the thing that we have to be realistic about is that you've got to look at it from this standpoint. Football is great when you and I are in the stands and we're rooting for or against teams and we're providing that soundtrack for football. It's one thing to look at the players, but it's also about just being there live in the stadium. And I'm not sure if that is possible. Same thing for college athletics. How confident are you that the NCAA can safely have fall sports? 
Uh, let's open the phone lines on this. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 is our phone number. One to five on your confidence level, just your gut feeling. It's not a right or wrong feeling. It's just your gut. How confident are you that the NCAA can safely have fall sports? 888-SAY-ESPN with me, Jonathan Hood, here on First Take, your take here on ESPN Radio. Today on ESPN Daily, a group of Pac-12 college football players have issued demands to return to play. Two UCLA players joined the show to share what they are seeking, along with ESPN's Mark Schleyball. Uh, that is ESPN Daily. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I want to get your thoughts about this because of that Schleyball piece that was written on ESPN.com. Big Ten football players follow the Pac-12, form a unity group to address concerns. And amongst those concerns is sufficient penalties for noncompliance, third-party approved by players to administer COVID testing and to enforce all COVID-19 health and safety standards. See, to me, it's more than just saying, I respect my coach, I respect authority. This is not turning a blind eye to authority, but it is... If you're a player, a concern, not being a rabble rouser, not being someone that is defiant. It's someone that is concerned at these players uh, and these uh, athletes, these student athletes, quote unquote, have to be concerned about their health because these coaches, as much as they can tell you stories about their playing career and, and all these stories about life and reading quotes from Maya Angelou to try to inspire, it's really about trying to figure out whether or not you as a player, you as a student athlete is going to be safe. So how do you see it? The mandate for athletics personnel and, and the report for suspected violations, the ban of the use of COVID-19 liability waivers. There's so many things that the Big Ten has thrown out there earlier today as far as their demands. And as I mentioned, I didn't know you could say no, but in this era, in 2020, there's this feeling of, hey, you know what? We are going to be able to address our concerns because just because we love coach and just because we love our university doesn't necessarily mean that we're just going to continue to go out there and play. So I think that's a smart thing to do because I know there's some coaches and you know there's some coaches that either don't believe in this or just focused on the next play. How can we be able to get better as a football team versus the health of the players? All right, uh, don't forget, we are here because of the progressive insurance, and all of our guests are on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. We'll continue that conversation around the Big Ten players uniting on First Take Your Take on ESPN Radio.